Um, all right, so let's get Luke to do an intro. You want to come up with a rhyme? You know the style. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one. Yeah, make sure you really rhyme. lip smack hard before everything you say. <laughs> really get a good lip smack in before everything. Lips are apart. Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with 9-11 truthers and Joseph Smith bloopers. That was a somehow... There was nothing wrong with it, but it's the worst one we've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. I think we could go with that. All right. There was a technical proficiency to it, but it lacked soul. It was like somebody like trying to recreate great jazz. Okay. Let me sit back. I'll Mm. be here. Clap us off, Adrian. (laughs) Yeah. Three, two, one. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big facts. All right, we're in for a wacky one, boys. <laughs> Let's do it. It's my energy. All right, so we, we've got on another guest episode, and it's not like the Steve M one. We're back to our boring friends. And I have to say, we're back to another guest episode, which very few people have explicitly asked for or <laughs> said that they <laughs> particularly enjoy. <laughs> we've really gotten no feedback about the fact that like the guest episodes are really what people are coming for. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, Luke, what do you have to say for yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, God. This truly is a nightmare, <laughs> but I'm very, I feel very welcome. Thank you for having me on and I'm ready to jump into it. I'd say I'm full of love. I just came from wedding events. You did just come from a wedding event. <laughs> can I, can I ask if, can I ask if you're for the weddings tomorrow, right? Correct. Are you planning to object or do you know anyone who is like, do you think it's going to be a spicy wedding? Well, I have a dossier that I've had hidden away until this very moment and I can't get the steel dossier. The st- mm-hmm. I've been I've been uh, I've been posting blind items for the last six months <laughs> and eventually I'm just going to print them all out and distribute them around the wedding party. Mm. I like the idea of it being printed out. I like the idea of an objection followed by take one down, pass pass it around. I have some literature I'd really like for you all to peruse. <laughs> no cap. Adrian, how do you feel about Mormonism? Oh, hell yes. Oh, we're going straight into yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say something wrong so Luke has to correct us. I always thought Mormonism was pretty dope because I think a lot of religions get a pass just by virtue of being old. And Mormonism really shows that, like, they're all kind of wonky. Some are just older than the others. <laughs> I think I think it deserves some credit. All of the stories are just as ridiculous. It just happened to have happened more recently. And that's why everyone's like, oh, we know enough about, like, what fuck shit was going on. And that's why we're able to mock them. So so you like it as a thought experiment as, like, this can be used to, like, as to exemplify why other religions are silly. <laughs> I'll say that, and I've had two conversations this week about how Salt Lake City is a really clean, pretty city, and uh, it has a bunch of wacky laws, but it actually is a very nice place to be, and I think the Mormons are partially to uh, to credit for that. I'll say it deserves some credit, because it's kind of, it's held up under a bunch of scrutiny of being a new religion, and Christians don't entirely accept it as being just a sect of Christianity, but more so than other new new age religions, you know? Mm. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, you're not like yeah, you're not as 
you're not as persecuted as the Moonies, but you're more persecuted than, like, random other, like, bullshit uh, Protestants that pop up mm-hmm. every once in a while. We're not fucking non-denominationals. Don't get me started. We're not snake people, you know? Oh, Mm. But that is kind of tight, though. It's right? definitely tight. Where but... they, like, let the snake bite them, and they're like, Through Jesus, I will not feel this. Hell yes. It's just mountain people. That's kind of metal. The one thing I do always love telling people about Mormonism is, they always bring up polygamy. That was, like, the biggest, like, thing I got as a child. It's like, oh, do you, do you have, like, ten moms? It's like, no, I, obviously I don't. Uh, but I have nine. Don't be ridiculous. I don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Single digits only. Uh but the reason that that started is because they just like got run out of like New York, then Ohio, then Missouri or whatever. Was it just like a morale booster? No, no, no. It was because when they were heading west to Utah, like a ton of men died. So there were just women and children without anyone to like keep after right, them on this right. desolate landscape. So they're like, come on in, come on in. And obviously there's a little winky wink, nudge, nudge going on. But that the, it's not a sausage party. There's a good ratio. The, the ratio was noise. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what I want to say really quick is a lot of what I know about Mormonism Come from comes the from South really Park episode. No, but it does come from dubious sources is what I was going to say. So there's a five-part series on Mormonism. And of course, we're the only podcast, but last podcast on the left has a five-part, like, 10-hour series on Mormonism. Um, and I listened to it while I was beekeeping. So, like, I, I didn't... And it's also podcasts in general, kind of, like, in one ear and out the other. So I'll probably have, like, a vague recognition of stuff that you talk about. But, yeah, like, uh, I think I, 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 I... if Once you say stuff, I'll probably recognize, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about in terms of them getting run out of town all the time they were certainly they had a rough start yeah big time like four different restarts uh profit dead and that's why brigham young is totally justified in whatever he oh did. i don't really know about the man i just know about the doctrine yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know what you mean <laughs> i bet all the mormons right now are fucking laughing their asses off though they're like yeah we know what you mean the number one podcast with mormons that, <laughs> that is, is what true. we said <laughs> That is true. Yeah, pretty pretty cool religion, to be honest with you. Uh, Yeah, that's what I have to say about our Mormon fans. Um, People talk about, like, having less, you know, Mormon influence. I say let's have more. Men influence. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if this is because I'm Mormon or just my constitution wait are you still currently mormon no, no, or is no. mormon like jewish where like even after you leave the faith you're still i'm jewish? definitely culturally jewish i mean mormon uh <laughs> <laughs> you're mormon on paper definitely mormon on paper i claim that for sure that if when, when okay. people say rep your set i am very much mormon when denzel curry says rep your set grab a tech <laughs> your first notion is i'm mormon and i'm grabbing my special undies i'm mormon and i'm from the south so i'm also grabbing my tech <laughs> i'm stuffing my tech Ooh, okay, into my okay. mormon undies no i get that as a catholic uh like southern baptists are the most weirdly aggro towards non-protestant christians <laughs> they really do not like uh, people who are not Southern Baptist. It's probably just because of like Alabama versus Notre Dame. You know? Oh, you think that's it? Notre <laughs> yeah. Dame is the football culture is the driver behind that one. Dude, somebody once told me that uh, his priest in high school, and mm. he told me his priest told him that Catholics have a big telescope that we use to find the devil in the sky. And I was like, that's not true. But <laughs> I've I've been told that. What, do you have Mormon lizard gods that you pray to? Oh, they That's thought you were a Scientologist. 
Is that a thing in Scientology? Yeah, they thought you were uh, a Scientologist. Elron Hubbard, baby. They thought you. They they got Mormons mixed up with Scientologists and thought you were praying to the Elron Hubbard, who the king famously has the worst rated book on Goodreads, even worse than Mein Kampf. Is that the proper pronunciation of Kampf? <laughs> Yeah, the the last two books on uh Goodreads uh ratings are last one, uh Dianetics, and then Mein Kampf after uh after that. I don't Before I don't that. I don't wanna be a contrarian here, but that seems like a biased opinion. There's got to be worse like romantic novels that like retired mothers have written than both of those books, you know? Adrian, how do you trick each one of our guests <laughs> into defending Mein Kampf? How was that your, that your specialty, Adrian? I one time picked up a romantic erotic novel at a Goodwill, and I'm pretty sure it was worse than Mein Kampf. <laughs> I'll go on record. Have you read that. both? Well, well you need to, we need to do a reading series on the show then. By the way, for the also, audience, speak- Luke nodded. It's, it's not a visual. I didn't nod. I was going to say no comment, and then I said no comment wasn't enough not of a comment. <laughs> uh, speaking of pronunciations, I just got done editing our episode for tomorrow, and I realized I'm pretty sure I completely mispronounced Talmud. Talmud. Is, uh, were Talmud? we talking about yeah. Jewish things? For- we did a Dear Rabbi segment. Oh, oh. yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I butchered that pronunciation. I think... Uh, after making fun of the Latina lean, I think that is a natural part of my pronunciation is that I just try and like really give it some oomph. <laughs> so I don't say Mein Kampf, I say like Mein Kampf. Like I assume that's the way that a German would say it. It was like with a little extra like, ugh. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is what everyone already knows, which is a lot of times I'm wrong. Hmm. So um, I think that covers the like intro bit for your Mormonism though, but that's not all that encompasses your your yeah, current. There's, there's two things that make up Luke. He has basically two. Yeah. Di- so that's four. that's what I'm saying is I want to get to know more of the current day uh, Lucas in front of us, or is it not Lucas? Is it just Luke? It's just Luke. People say that a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. It's not Luca. It's not the Italian. My mom calls me that. Luca. A Luca. A Luca. Look, andiamo, mi bambini. Look, for Pocatello. Gabagool. Okay, so Where is the Paul's the only person who doesn't know a little bit of Italian in this group. Say, I don't know Italian. Um, Yeah, I was never much of like a religious person, even from a very young childhood age. The concept of eternity terrified me, even as a child. So, like, Oh, I used to go to bed crying about it sometimes whenever I was uh, really f- f- facing the existential crisis of like uh, eternity and hell. Dude, religion traumatizes kids. It's fucked up. What freaked me out was eternity in heaven. The idea of that. I was like, what if I don't like it? Everyone likes it. What if I don't like it? It's forever. Man, I was a simple kid. I did not ask those questions at all. Paul was fucking, Paul was traumatized by the idea of 72 virgin. He was like, I can't, I can barely satisfy one woman. How am I supposed to do 72? No, no, because back then I was like, I didn't realize that it was women. So I was like, dude, we're going to play so much Smash Bros. They're going to be my best My World of Warcraft horde is going to be huge, dude. Play so much COD, bro. These boys are not going to have any time for women. They're all going to be virgins like me. We're going to fucking hang. (laughs) (laughs) going to have all my boys in heaven. Cooling with the boys. Uh, Have you ever uh, gotten loopy from inhaling too much incense smoke? Do I need to turn that off? No, but I'll I'll say that when listening to the podcast, the incense does not come through, I will say. <laughs> oh, no, this is our first podcast that was recorded during a seance. 
Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also really love exorcism movies. We can talk about that. Probably tied in part due to Mormonism. It's the only thing that freaks mm. me out. The idea that heaven and hell and God and the devil exist and that I have no control over any of that, utterly horrifying to me. I get that. That's cosmic horror. I get that. Yeah. Everything uh, else is I'm just like, oh, it's a guy with a knife. Okay. Or like, I like witches and Wiccans. Wait, and bears. did you think that Jiro Dreams of Sushi was a horror movie? I wish I knew what that was. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he makes sushi. He has a knife. You can pick it okay. up from the gothic place. Are we talking about the video game Cooking Mama? Ooh, let's talk about the video Ooh. game Cooking Mama. I just noticed that you guys uh, are drinking Coronas right now, which is uh, very... Uh, it's what is it? Is it Corona's one year anniversary today or is it like in America or? Oh, yeah. Oh, I just wanted a light beer and ah, okay. I, I like Mexican light beers. and I haven't had a Corona in a long time. I didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. I got I got COVID you- in December and someone who's willing to talk about it on pod yeah it doesn't affect me my roommates gave it to me uh my roommate is in pa school and i believe she got it from clinic Mm. i moved into this house with people and got it like two weeks after moving oh yeah fun fun game for the audience figure out which one of our old guests had corona and when we brought it up on pod (laughs) made me cut it out (laughs) it makes me feel like they were being irresponsible as hell and just licking sidewalks and making out with randos almost certainly so this is a game for the audience (laughs) figure out who that was yeah so i've been i've been riding the high of being immune for the last couple of months it's about to come to an end where the guidelines say i'm no longer immune but yeah, I'll talk so you got to get it, it again. Yeah, I got to get it again. I have heard though from my sister who is in college that she knows a few people who have gotten it and friends of friends who have gotten it for the second time and their symptoms are far less severe. They just, oh, like, did you have symptoms they just have the to, first time? I had symptoms, but they were like not severe at all. I had mostly just the diarrhea. Uh, well, the diarrhea is an everyday thing that I must struggle with. Uh, I have a series of plugs to help me maintain normal life. <laughs> But uh, um, uh, I just got whoa, whoa, whoa. the plug segment is at the end. We do plugs at the end <laughs> where I'll, I'll bend over on cam and you can, you know, whatever. What, what, uh, what can he do? No, finish, finish the thought. Finish that. Finish that. I'm going to talk about my this is our new segment. Experience. Finish that thought. <laughs> um, I just had like a, a rolling headache for three days. I had aches and pains for three days. I had a fever for 24 hours and. Mm, that was basically it. I just had to be. So what you're saying is, it's about the flu. Well, and people who are it was treating way, it different it was, than that are overreacting. Is I could I I'm couldn't hearing? agree more with you, Paul. Herman Cain overreacted. Except one addendum to that is that it was way less severe than the flu. <laughs> I I get really messed up by flu viruses. Actually, at one time I got two kinds of flu in one year, and I was you got a two flu. I got a double flu. Uh, the double double. That's what they call it in the the scientific world. And I was so, uh, what's the word, delirious from fever. I just was singing Billy Joel underneath a blanket in front of numerous family members. And I was kind of embarrassed about it after the fact. Big Facts No Cap does not endorse this line of thinking. The flu is... Big Facts No Cap, the only anti-Billy Joel podcast. Okay. Actually, (laughs) never mind. We're we're switching to that thought. (laughs) I'm going to go grab another beer. Um, You guys duke it out. I heard you're going to come at me about this 9-11 business. <laughs> I don't actually think so. I don't really, I've never really looked into it that much. I just kind of assumed. And then that's kind of how I moved on. I just assumed it, it makes sense politically uh, for uh, 
the way that it was used afterwards, but I didn't think there was enough evidence to assume that it was a false flag in like an Alex Jones sense. And I, but I don't know. I'm learning enough about the CIA to think that that might be true. Dude. I mean, not like, you know, like actually think that's true, but like, you know, yeah, it's not unprecedented by any means. I had a friend who was like looking into working for the CIA and I was like, hey, dude, you should, Ugh. you should look into them as an organization in general before you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big facts, no cap, is we can say fuck the CIA. Straight uh, up. Very clear. Oh, go on okay, what? Up. You don't like cocaine? The CIA. The Cocaine Intelligence Association? Okay, Adrian, uh, explain to me without the CIA how Ronald Reagan would have gotten AIDS out to all those communities. And Let's have a quick moment of silence for the king, Ronald Reagan. Ugh, shout out to Ronald Reagan. Ugh, Ronnie. <laughs> yes, all right, yes, Adrian, yes. I'm thinking we do our third segment first today. How are you feeling about that? Oh, yeah, our third segment's fun. Yeah, we should do that. Okay, so Luke, we've brought in a quiz for you if you're willing to answer some questions Absolutely. for us. Okay. I love trivia and quizzes. So this segment is called Rock, 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 or Rock. Okay. You have to, we're going to give you a quote, and you have to tell us if Chris Rock said it, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Aesop Rock, or Kid Rock said the quote. Incredible. One question. Aesop Rock is the rapper? Yeah. Okay, cool. So Rock, 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 or Rock. Love this. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Zach Edelman, who submitted this as a fan submission for this bit. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quote. Uh, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock rock. Is that also an option? No. Okay. How, how do you feel about this? Uh, let, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I have, uh-huh. I have 17 quotes. How many do you think you're going to be able to pin to the right person? Eight. Wait, you have 17 quotes? Yeah, because I wrote 12 and you wrote four. So... That's 16. I have 16 quotes. How many are you going to be able to pin <laughs> to the right person? I easily will be able to get 18 of these quotes. Correct. <laughs> Do you want to actually pick a score for what we'll call a win? What your threshold is? Um, I like to set expectations too low, so I'm going to abstain from this. I will, I will defer to my okay. congressman from Delaware. I think if you get seven of them, we'll call it a win. Okay, smokes. Nine is the first one. Okay, so my first quote. You don't need no gun control. We need bullet control. All bullets should cost $5,000. You know why? Because if bullets cost $5,000, there'd be no more innocent bystanders. People will think before they kill somebody if a bullet costs $5,000. Man, I would blow your head off if I could afford it. I'm going to get me another job and save some money, and then you're a dead man. You better hope I can't get no bullet on layaway. That has got to be Chris Rock, 1,000%. (laughs) I was like, is it Aesop Rock? That could not be a rap song. (laughs) None of that rhymed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. You got that one correct. (laughs) Love that. All right, Paul. Hey, Paul. I'm going to hit you with that number 13. Number 13. Who who knew that a man with 24-inch pythons would have half-an-inch testicles? Okay, so who said that? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kid Rock, Chris Rock, or Aesop Rock? Oh, man. It's either Dwayne or Kid. That's for damn sure. I'm going to go Kid Rock. Sorry, it is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's a WWE quote. Ah, of course. Straight from a BuzzFeed article of his best uh, WWE quotes that I pulled. Paul. And I'll go ahead and quickly comment the same thing I said to Paul earlier today, which is uh, it's hard to get a good quote from The Rock when he was wrestling because of how often he referred to himself in the third person, uh, which really makes it difficult to not have that identifying factor in it. (laughs) He says, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? (laughs) Uh, All right, Paul, we got number eight. 
Numero ocho. When a zebra in the zone, leave him alone. And the clue is that that's a quote from Madagascar. I'm going to have to go with Kid Rock on that one. <laughs> Just kidding, Chris Rock, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> all right, all right. I-, I picked that one because it was the line from Marty the Zebra that is the most in Chris Rock's vo- voice. When a zebra in the zone, leave him alone. <laughs> You think he? You think he improv that one? I think he did, or they wrote it for him so specifically. You didn't get that from an interview where it was like, Chris. It seems like you and David Schwimmer had really good rapport. Did you guys improv some lines, or was it all just was it all written by the crew? Uh, damn, I wish I could do a uh, Chris Rock impression. Oh, that's what we and Paul, Paul and I said earlier. Me and Adrian practiced if we were going to try to do a Chris Rock impression, then we decided no. Yeah, <laughs> it, it came off it's, racist. It's difficult. Yeah, he's time. got a really good. He's yeah. not really. I wouldn't say that my attempt at his voice would be racist at all. He's, oh, so he's go ahead and try. Well, no, 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 no. The issue is that Paul kept using his impression to say bits where he said the N word. <laughs> I've tried to do a difference between black people and the N word. Oh, I, I was just about to say that. <laughs> All right, um, we're going to number twelve next. Authoritative restoration will be rationed righteously to those deemed suitably fit to police their own sobriety. Rock. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Imagine Kid Rock getting just like hella deep on like some real social issues instead of talking about smoking weed by a lake like a dirtbag white person he is. Number two. Kevin Hart is a piece of shit. Dwayne, The Rock. Yes, you are correct. That was my trick one. I thought maybe you'd think it was Chris Rock. Okay. I know that I know enough about stand-up comedy that I know that Kevin and Chris don't beef. Well, him and Dwayne don't beef either. But I assume that is from the movie whatever. No, it's from a YouTube video. They do this really cringy thing where they like playfully attack each other. Oh. And they're like, we're best friends, but we'll post an Instagram post where I'm like, hey, I don't like you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's really annoying. Kevin Hart responded by saying that The Rock was a slut. <laughs> <laughs> Number sweet 16. Flash the buttery gold jittery zeitgeist weather by the watering hole. What a patrol, what are we? A heart fuck of the art fuckery <laughs> He has just such a... <laughs> gimme type of style of rap <laughs> the, the word the, the word zeitgeist is a dead giveaway in this game uh, that's that's exactly what i thought is that when i think of aesop rock's critique of being word salad that's kind of the line that i think of and his defense of it is really tame too if you guys have ever heard of it it's him saying well if the lyrics didn't make any sense i don't think i would have gotten as far as i have which is not a very strong argument for the fact that it just doesn't make sense um, not, 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 not saying that he's not talented or whatever. Yeah, I think no, he's I great. like Aesop Rock. Aesop Rock, this is a real shout out to you. We know you're a loyal listener. Come on, pod. Aesop Rock, come defend yourself. Swift and unprecedented consequences will follow your decision to breach this environment. Also Aesop Rock. No, yes. Oh, damn it. He <laughs> <laughs> gave it away. <laughs> I was going to be like, is this a line from a Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie? Poem number seven. Hey, I don't mean to be crass here but is is his name Dwayne the Rock Johnson because he always has a hard ass dick I don't think I've ever <laughs> said it explicitly but I think you're supposed to assume I wish we could it's just implicit. I wish I could take a photo of Adrian's face after I said that he does look really He's disappointed like... with you <sighs> my first DJ name was Whiplash then Chili C when I was spinning with the Rock C crew 
gonna say Aesop Rock. And I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm I thought you would know this as a big Neil Brennan fan because it was said on Neil Brennan's podcast by Chris Rock. Neil Brennan's podcast, The Champs? No, he has a new one. How Neil Feel? Yeah. Um, I want to take a quick moment to any listeners of the podcast. I know that this is the only podcast, but growing up, there was a really good podcast that I listened to in high school called The Champs, hosted by Moshe Kasher and Neil Brennan and DJ Doug Pound, who does drops sometimes, and they just interview black celebrities and athletes and stuff. It's a very good ass show. I heavily recommend it. I love I love Moshe. So me too. And uh, and I, I think Chris that. Rock was on that show, but he was also on Neil Brennan's new show, which I thought you might listen to. I I listen sometimes, but it's usually just Neil and his like co-host lady. Yeah. And it's fine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Neil it's, is it's such a good joke writer, and he he is self admittedly not that like uh, charismatic and or likable because he's wildly depressed all the time. <laughs> Um, all right, Adrian, do you have any thoughts about Neil Brennan or? Yeah, I think he's okay. I think he um, really wishes he was black. And I'm <laughs> he sorry does. he isn't. Have you watched the Three Mics special? I have. Paul notoriously shat on it super hard. <laughs> Paul is notoriously wrong all the time. As to me, maybe the best special I've ever seen. It's probably my favorite, at least. I'm not going to. Oh, it's. I mean, Moshe Kasher live in Oakland is better than that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, heavily disagree. Even just within even just within the podcast host, there's a better special than that. <laughs> heavily disagree. I have issues with even Moshe Kasher's footwear choice on that special. But whatever, we can get into that on another pod. Damn. <laughs> and that is number one in the way that I rate comedy specials. Guys, is there is there enough like room for a podcast that just reviews X the Champs hosts? Yes. <laughs> Yo, DJ Doug Pound, editor for Tim and Eric. <laughs> that show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, do you have a number 13 up? Uh, okay, um, number 13. I could have been good at school. I just didn't see any use for it. If people want to study hard to be a doctor or lawyer, that's great. I have to work at other things. Fucking bitches, counting money, how to make money. I'm going to say those last... Two seem very related to each other. <laughs> they seem like very similar skills. What are you talking about? You make your money, then you count it. <laughs> if you do the last one, you can either outsource the, the second one or you can like, you know how to do the second one. Okay, but then you could say fucking bitches doesn't count because if you're making money, you're fucking bitches. Like, okay, yeah, they're all connected. Paul, tell that to Elon Musk. That's a good big L line. If you ain't got no ends, you won't be hitting no skins. If you ain't got money... You won't scoop a honey. If you ain't got cash, you won't be getting no ass. And if you ain't clocking loot, you won't be knocking no boots. If it don't make dollars, then it don't make sense. Well, you've done a good Damn. job. You've done a good job uh, avoiding the question. Yeah, I'm going to say Kid Rock. That is correct. Hell yes. <laughs> 15. When I was a kid, I used to be a plump, but now I get more rump than Donald Trump. You're so broke, you got a bird for a beeper. When it goes off, it goes cheapa, cheapa, cheapa. But now, Stop, Rock. Nope, it's Chris Rock. Son of a bitch. I should have known I did because it. of the Donald Trump thing. I did thing. it. I tricked him. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and it was before Trump was president. This is a classic. Uh, this is 1980s. Like, yeah. <laughs> Damn. A classic Mac Miller style song. <laughs> Quick moment of silence. Another Luke recommendation is listen to the mixtape Stolen Youth. It is Vince Staples rapping. Oh, with rapping. Vince Staples yeah. and Larry Fisherman on production. Yeah, that shit's tight. Awesome. The outro is my favorite track, I do believe. 
And I'm going to do a recommendation for uh, Delusional Thomas, which is mm. if you're into horrorcore at all, if you're in, like an old Odd Future fan, it's a very fun mixtape. I recently got back into Doris a little bit, the Earl Sweatshirt album right after Odd oh, Future. Oh, dude, I was talking about Chum the other day. Yeah. Hive is my one of my favorite rap songs of all time. I know every word and I do not say the lyrics. I don't do it. Not in private, I don't. <laughs> trying to get canceled. Uh, <laughs> not in private, I don't Frank even Ocean on, on Sunday. Or not Sunday, then, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember having an issue um, because I was still early in the rap game when I was into Doris and Vince Staples features on Hive. And then Vince Staples released his um, Hell Can Wait EP. And in the interview where they talked about how he didn't have any features, he was like, well, rapping's my job. Why would I need, why would I need help doing my job? And I was like, you were literally just on Earl Sweatshirt's album. <laughs> like, what a dick thing to say. That reminds uh, but me. But then of... I ended up loving Vince because Vince is, he's a character. He's the You got to understand like his, yeah. His he doesn't do drugs, doesn't style. mess around. That that quote reminds me of like Mario Balotelli when they're like, why don't you celebrate when you score a goal? Does the mailman celebrate when he delivers a letter? I thought Mario, Mario Bal- Balotelli. Balotelli was just a uh, chef. Oh, <laughs> that's Mario Batali. Bam. <laughs> right, is that him? That's also Emerald. Oh, that's <laughs> All right, so, okay, let's, hold on, let me break this down for a second. Emeril is an old Italian chef who said BAM in the Rachel Ray-style cook show. Mario Batali owns Italy, which is a place that I know Paul likes, who got canceled for sexual harassment, but before was known for his orange Crocs. And then Mario Balotelli, as known in the Injury Reserve song I Kick It Like Balotelli, is an Italian football player, used to play for Liverpool, Manchester United, as well as AC Milan, uh, very prolific goal scorer, but had a kind of an attitude problem, as well as many stories of like he drove his car through a wall of like an orphanage. He used to throw darts at like the kids who were like practicing next to the stadium. He used to like karate kick people. Uh, that might be Zlatan, but anyways, yeah, a very problematic figure where like he would score goals, but he he, he was too much trouble to keep around. The king, he's awesome. All right, next number. Hey Kirby, what you doing, Kirby? What you doing there? Hey Kirby, what you doing, Kirby? What you doing there? Chris Rock. Aesop Rock. What? <laughs> what? I got him with the double trick. I got him with the double. <laughs> We've been making you look like a fool. Ugh. He has a song about Kirby his cat, is Aesop Kirby. Rock's cat. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, come to think of it, kid, honestly, I can go on and on. I can explain every natural phenomenon, the tide, the grass, the ground. Aesop Rock. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. In what? So Moana. It, uh, Moana, oh, you dumb bitch. I don't watch movies that are for children. Oh, uh, you don't watch Marvel movies? No, I don't, actually. Oh, okay. It's been so easy to trick him just by having a rap cadence whenever you say stuff. I know, Paul, Just I use it. a rap cadence for when you say well, anything. okay, I think it's the number, the random number generator really got me, because it was like three Aesop Rocks in a row, and I was like, oh, this is a real Aesop Rock heavy segment. We actually have an equal amount of each one, which might be helpful now that we're getting towards the end. I was about to say, Paul, don't say that. That's a, that's a, if, that's I, a really... if I had any sort of memory, that would be helpful, but I don't, so it's not a problem. I was like a Dory from Finding Nemo. Pretty much, yes. Oh, you've seen that movie, but it's for kids. I was mm. a child at the time. Oh, a senator like, from from California. Like I would like to Dory state on the record Finding I was a Dory. child at the time. What? You're like Dory from Finding Dory. <laughs> I'm like Nemo from Finding Dory. Is he in that movie? Is he a, an annoying tween in that movie? What's the deal? Uh, yeah, that movie came out when we were adults, and you know about it. Interesting. I don't think I've seen it. All right, number three. Yes, sorry. 
candy ass actors who can oh so this is an instagram post complaining about candy ass actors who conduct them who can't conduct themselves as stand-up men and true professionals it is also in relation to the actor vin diesel it's gotta be dwayne the rock right yeah cool (laughs) i think he gave him too much on that one but vin diesel Oh, I didn't even... Th- I've never... Isn't it crazy that a guy who does a bunch of car movies, his last name is Diesel? Damn, yeah. Also, he huffs gas, I'm pretty sure. Taylor Swift wants to be a Democrat because she wants to be in movies, period. And it looks like she will suck the doorknob off Holly Weird to get there. Oldest move in the book. Good luck, girl. Kid Rock, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one might have been, been too instance. easy. <laughs> Kid Rock... I mean, uh, Taylor Swift is... She's an alt-right icon. She's our queen. Our queen. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Mm-hmm. All right, she's Paul's queen. Number 10. So we have, under an instapic of a needle going into his neck, the the caption, the caption for that is, in case anyone is not clear on how much I support our president. And it's an Instagram pic of a needle going into his neck. Who posted that Instagram pic? Chris Rock, absolutely. It is Kid Rock, and it was him taking, uh, it was him taking, yeah, no, it was during the Trump presidency, and he was taking steroids so he could do a Trump show, even though he was sick. Oh. (laughs) I didn't know that Kid Rock was so Trump-heavy. I mean, I knew at home, but I didn't know so publicly. And then, um, the last one is, my people tried to get me to do the Oprah Winfrey show five years ago. Wait, no. My people wanted my people tried to get me to do the Oprah Winfrey show years ago, and her people wanted me to write down five reasons why I loved her in the show. I said, fuck that and fuck her. That's also gotta be Kid Rock, right? That's actually the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's actually Aesop Rocky. RuPaul? Is that related to that? No, that know. it's not. That is I mean, they're wrong. both. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you blew that out of the water. I think we made it too easy, or you're too familiar with these people. <laughs> Wait, did he? Because it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, you got ten. He surpassed his goal. Hell Congratulations yeah. to Luke. I love. I love Luke. You win the goals. podcast. Thank you. I get to be president. I get to do the editing work. Okay. Article one. Um, so article one is a, someone who has, I've been trying to bring in for a while. Uh, he's a cool dude. He covers a lot of cool questions and topics, but he's a bit long winded and that's kind of part of his style. So I'm just going to read a little bit about him. I'm going to read straight from his Wikipedia page. Uh, this is from the article, um, written by Carrie D. Tennis. And so he's an American author and columnist. He is best known for his work in the advice column in the column since you asked on the website Salon.com, which ran for 12 years. Uh, critic Shaban Welch said of him, Carrie Tennis has resurrected the advice column into a relevant, even thriving literary form. He is the anti-Dear Abby, with a style more reminiscent of an essayist's ruminations than the pat responses usually found in print. And just a little bit about Carrie D. Tennis. If you're wondering how old he is, he was born... On September 11th, 1953. And our question today. My friend saw the second plane hit. Does that give him a superior view of global politics? This is from September 20, 2010. I'm going to say quick answer. Absolutely no, it does not. And the column is, my friend 
hijacked the second plane. Does that give him a superior <laughs> view of global politics? <laughs> um, as always, I'm just going to give a like pre-article, pre-cancellation. We've already canceled ourselves. We don't get any funding for doing this. We've already quit our jobs, so you don't have to worry about us doing this kind of edgy content. Dear Carrie, a good friend of mine, let's call him Joe, witnessed the second plane hit the second building on September 11th. He shares his stories about huddling in a building lobby with others as the debris and dust came down around them and shared stories of people crying and praying aloud. Although I consider him a fairly progressive and open-minded person, whenever we discuss terrorism and what I perceive as U.S. international policy that contributes, in part, to the hatred of Americans, he has both an emotional and physical reaction, stiffening up and adamantly claiming that he understands that he, quote, understands the issue better than I do because he was there, unquote. Parentheses, although he no longer lives in New York, close parentheses. He doesn't want to hear anything about extreme poverty, history of war, and religious brainwashing in some countries. He seems to shut down all other perspectives on this matter. He is the authority. Once, after what I thought was an interesting, albeit opinionated discussion, he went outside and we heard what can be described as a primal screaming. My husband later told me it was Joe letting out his anger of the memory of that day. I felt bad about this for a while, considering that he might be justified, but I'll never legitimize my own feelings if I constantly feel one up in the bad stuff that has happened to me department. I can never know exactly what Joe experienced that day, but how can I be sympathetic to him and his very real trauma, but also help him understand that we all experience loss and vulnerability that day? Or am I not justified to think that I have just as much a say and feel than he does? Should I defer to his superior, quote-unquote, judgment and experience? Right now, to keep the peace, I try to avoid the subject, but I can't help thinking. With the anniversary approaching, there has to be some way to understand each other a little bit better. Isn't failure to accept others' beliefs and opinions a very perfectly justifiable reason that we struggle with the Mideast relations in the first place? Justified or mystified? First off, no. Can I just, that last sentence, no. <laughs> that is our our inability to understand. Wait, wait, oh, no, 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 Paul, 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 you don't think it's a hilarious miscommunication? <laughs> Yeah, no, hilarious. <laughs> Even this person who's you don't more think, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't think the his... U.S. invaded the Middle East and and the Middle East said uh, it's not what it looks like, Luke. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but this is like our already the craziest analogy I think in in truth. It's like I was there, and now I know everything about the intricacies of the, the Middle East relations issue. That's a very good point. So as I've said on podcast before, I just finished a book about Guatemala, talked to my parents about it. Neither of them had any opinion about the differences of governments that drastically changed Guatemala in very radically different ways. And I think there is merit to the idea that you can't just give somebody who was in a certain region at a time full claim to veracity, that they just totally understand the situation in a way that you don't. You don't want to be culturally imperialist about it or like overstep your your amount of perspective on it or your amount of information that you have. But oftentimes the information comes out later. So the idea of like, I saw a plane hit a building and so I understand global politics from now on better than you do is absurd. Also, the idea that he could even... It's like, oh, the day of it happened, he knew where those planes came from, who was flying them and what happened behind everything that day. And it's like... 
oh no, we have to be in Iraq because a bunch of Saudis and Lebanese people flew planes into buildings. Like, it makes no fucking sense. So, suspend your disbelief for a moment. Oh yeah, and this is why we brought this in. Luke, hit us with some real 9-11 shit. No, no, no. What if, this is just me freestyling, what if when those planes hit the towers, people do say that's when the whole, the Matrix, the simulation truly began and reached its height. What if because he was near the location of impact, whatever rip he was in the in the, the the sphere, the of, ripple, of the rip in the time space continuum, whatever the hell it is, all the information was blasted in his brain. That's why the primal screams are still occurring in the backyard. The man is okay. overrun. That is kind of metal. That is the one part where I agree with him. When he went into the backyard, that's sturdy. I won't do what you tell me. That's that's kind of hardcore. That's some Zacharoka shit. I'm Zach not gonna lie. I don't know if I can tell this story on podcast, but that is something that I have an experience with. Where I was hanging out with friends. It was is this a, a lesbian couple on New Year's when the dude started crying? What's up? Let him say it, please. Oh, what is happening? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to tell the story of. <laughs> we were both there. Me? Oh, no, no, both no. There. Me and Adrian were both at a place when a dude had a PTSD breakdown. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has happened to me twice, by the way. A dude who was ex-military. We had fireworks go off for New Year's, and he Whoa. had a PTSD attack. And for me, the idea that that makes his opinion on foreign policy more legitimate than mine like I, I feel sympathetic for him. He was a pawn in a in a game played by elites, but that does not make his opinion more valid in mind. Why he was allowed to go there and kill little brown children? But did you serve though? But did you serve? Where did you serve? I was a I was a server at Lizard Thicket. Ah, okay. Hey, all right. How do we bring this back to all of us being likable with our mainstream audience? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Let me talk about conspiracies. So. Oh yeah. Okay. So can, can I just. <laughs> Start this with we brought in a nine eleven column because Luke said he's been getting into researching nine eleven and nine eleven documentaries. Well, here's recently. my background. I was wildly obsessed with this for a year and a half of my life, freshman year of college, which is a long time ago now. Other things get in the way, you know. You you lose hope that it will ever be investigated, but you know, you you read the nine eleven commission report and it is just clearly utterly fanciful and full of lies. And then you watch one documentary and you're like, this is exactly it. And then you freak out about it for a while. And then you just forget about it because you have a college degree to get. And there are like, you know, activities to be done. And I presumably even UNC C girl or not UNCC, UNC Chapel Hill girls don't like uh, to hear about 9-11 commission reports inaccuracies at parties. They don't like they don't love it. Also. <laughs> oh, wait. Another thing I love... You are a Ch Chapel Hill boy. Yes, yes. Let's go Hills. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I really like that campus. It's like a much better USC campus. It's great. I love that uh, place. It's I, I went there and I was like, oh, they have a five points. It's just way nicer. Oh, they have an MU. It's just way nicer. Oh, they have a horseshoe. It's just way nicer. That was the entire time. That was my impression of the entire place. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the documentary you're talking about, this is the movie about Robert Pattinson uh, working in the in the... <laughs> the world trade center no and, like, it's not even this movie it's just have you seen the okay. interview with mark Wahlberg where he says if i was on those planes it wouldn't have gone down like that that's what i'm referring to anytime i say anything <laughs> about 9-11 that's badass <laughs> he was like hey, hey, hey okay 
if the hijackers were blind Vietnamese, Vietnamese men, men <laughs> I would have blinded them some more. I would have. That, okay, there you go. That's right. That's right. They weren't blind to begin with, but afterwards they would be if Mark Wahlberg had a, had a hand in If that. those hijackers were Vietnamese men minding their business, I sure would have blinded them. I sure would have fucked them up as hard as I could. I mean to say that I've, I've been on a bit of a lull in the 9-11 department recently, except I found another documentary that has come out in the last few years. And basically, it's called, Happy Feet. it's called Happy Feet, and it's narrated by what's that dude's name? Never mind. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. So it's a third documentary. I believe there are two others. There's but then he found the next documentary. No, no, no. Okay, so this this third documentary is basically like, all right, we all can agree that the nine eleven commission report is full of lies, which I do absolutely believe. Just look at Building Seven. No steel frame building in the history of the world has ever collapsed due to fire, even ones that have burned on every floor for hours and hours. Building 7 burned on, like, two floors for, like, a couple of hours and then collapsed at freefall speed. Absolutely could not have happened. But look into that yourself. I'm not going to go deeper into that. Secondly, this one is claiming that the previous two documentaries saying, like, this is why 9-11 is fishy and the 9-11 commission report is full of lies... This third documentary says that's all also part of the cover-up is that they're going to give you the fake reason why this couldn't or why this is a hoax so that whenever they debunk the fake reason, everyone just goes back and stops looking into it. Can you explain to me how you can hear that argument and not immediately think they're also part of the cover-up? Oh, no, no, no. They're the only ones that you can trust. (laughs) (laughs) It's the triple cross. (laughs) So the the their claim is that it wasn't it wasn't explosives that were planted before the fact because the seismic data says that it didn't fall at free fall speed. We would have seen that. We would have seen any information you get from the US government and anything information you get from the CIA should be treated skeptically. Oh yes, absolutely. That that's like the best argument I have for why I would put any doubt into the nine eleven narrative as it stands. Yeah, there are also just too many coincidences. But but all I have to Ooh, say is one that too many kowinky dinks. Kowinky dink. I, there's just this like this third documentary revived my interest a little bit, and it's kind of crazy. But they're saying like it was it was destroyed by a directed energy weapon which is just like it just is like you know those weapons where they blast microwaves at people or they like the rail gun on naval ships where they use an electromagnet to like shoot a giant hunk of metal it's basically just directing electromagnetic energy in a direction and if you can like tune it to the right frequency or have the right power you can just disintegrate things and they're saying it, it, it's a brown it's like noise. A Tesla from, coil? It's the brown noise. It's the brown noise, basically. It sounds like a Tesla coil. <laughs> yeah. Except it just yeah destroys all. And there's this thing called the Hutchison effect, which I looked up, and he's like a disgraced MIT scientist. I tried to find a book about him, but he's been kind of like weirdly blacklisted and called a hoax on the internet, which I half believe. But there are some very interesting YouTube videos everyone should look at. <laughs> And it's just, I like the idea of a third alternative explanation. Also, so wait, what's weird tie between 9-11 and BYU is one of the main guys on the fir- the second also false flag conspiracy explanation where he talks about thermite was a BYU scientist. Maybe Mormons did 9-11. There's Not your title, Mormons. folks. <laughs> Dude, maybe Mormons did do 9-11. Maybe Mormons did 9-11. <laughs> 
that makes too much goddamn sense. <laughs> so should I read the answer to this or is that the answer? Oh yeah. Um Big Facts No Cap oh. uh supports all conspiracy theories. Uh the loonier, the more we support them and demand they be considered true. And if your friend was in New you York know, during nine eleven, that doesn't give him more authority over what happened that day. But if I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and agree with that, but I'm gonna say that Big Facts No Cap supports conspiracy theories that are so out of bounds that they're basically just funny like the whole uh uh gendered bathrooms are a way to sell more toilets it's a way that big toilets figured out how to sell more to every uh every like building you say um, that's, we also that's my 100 on this podcast do believe that uh In gender neutral that toilets. justin trudeau is the son of fidel castro that's absolutely true do not even question that uh don't even google it because it's true just believe me you saying out of bounds in that context just flashed me into an episode of diners drive-ins and dives except guy fietti he's going around to conspiracy theory people and just hearing their insane ideas and him being like that is money brother that is out of bounds <laughs> that idea is taking me to flavor i had no idea that the jews controlled the apple market Right there. Hit me right there. Oh, as somebody, Luke, as somebody who is vaguely interested in 9-11 conspiracies, what do you do when you go to a website and it, 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 it like, veers into, did you know no Jews were in the towers on 9-11? Do you just have to click away real quick? I've actually never run into that kind of thing before. Oh, is that a false flag conspiracy to make 9-11 conspiracy theorists seem like anti-Semites? I've truly never run into, like, the anti-Jew conspiracies. I don't really know what they are. Uh, I don't want to assume anything here, but as a cishet straight white dude, yeah. How much do you think conspiracy theories are a way to, like, put on a cloak of oppression on a group of people who aren't experiencing it during a time where there's a heightened atmosphere of people really pointing out all of the issues that are very clearly in a non-conspiratorial way but are still treated conspiratorial uh like institutionalized racism or these other things how much do you think that's like a way for like white people to like really take that energy and put it onto them instead of people who are actually marginalized i have absolutely thought about this like especially with the huge rise of it in popular culture in the last like probably 10 15 years um i mean i could see that absolutely but i you know this whole like what aboutism that kind of got started by like i don't know some tv shows where they're like well you're doing bad stuff don't just say what about and point in this other direction wait so you're taking issue with people critiquing what aboutism we're, we're two layers into the what about no. You're saying what aboutism is good because people who critique No, he's no, like no, what no. about what aboutism? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like Also, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'm like that was a jokingly heavy question. No, I but I like that, that heavy question. Response. That is like I, I, I that, obviously that, that, am that not prepared for that. That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. I do think that's like a very interesting question. I have weighed that in my mind before. Oh, no, I do believe it's a valid question, yeah. but I did not mean to actually put that on you at all. Oh, like, no, no, no. I don't have a proper response for the record. But uh I mean, for real, like fucking be held accountable i'm obsessed with morality to be honest with you day to day it's almost all i think about i absolutely think we're being lied to by the cia specifically and you know wait adrian can i ask you a well, quick we question can all agree to, as we somebody can all agree who on that. Yeah. like who specifically because i've read a little bit about guatemala who was was it like uh was it Wiz or was it the Dulles brothers? Who were the who were the Guatemala specific? Uh, who were the people involved that we would know? Oh, did you mention the Dulles brothers? Yeah, Amy Dolezal. Yeah, 
the, the yeah. Dulles brothers no, 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 no. were specifically like the Guatemala know, dudes. They were heavily involved. Um, I love. That, yeah, there's a crazy I love story. That CIA ghouls just show up in different countries. Like it's not just one country Dude, where they're. No, so that's a police. big part of the story. Is that like when they talk about who got brought to Guatemala? It was like, oh, this person did a great job destabilizing the Greek government, so he got brought into Guatemala. This person did a great job like destabilizing uh, the Thai government, so he like comes back know, to like figure out how to do in Guatemala. Wild. It's a generalized skill set to destabilize a country's nation. No cap. All right, I'm gonna have to cut this down. I'm gonna read this whole thing and we'll cut it in post. Dear Justified or Mystified, Some of us are still raw and will remain raw from the events of 9-11. Still, feeling crushed, traumatized, frightened, we learn to say. Well, crushed. you weren't there, so you can't possibly know. When faced with experiences too large to make peace with, we come to partial accommodation the best way we know how. Let's let people say what they have to say and let it be as it is. This is like astronomical nonsense at this point. There are all these people walking around with burdens they need to share, and it's hard to find someone to talk to about how you feel if the way you feel doesn't make any sense to you. You find yourself justifying why you feel the way you feel. So here's an idea. Try going one day without understanding anything. Just let yourself not understand. Don't bother to understand what you're feeling or what others are feeling. Just Ugh, listen and pay attention. This is such an Americanized answer to this question. Truth is about the individual and your emotions. It's not about the fact that we've murdered half a million Iraqis over exactly this guy's opinion on foreign policy. It's about how he feels. Like, fuck off. I was about to say, like, I could already, like, I immediately you could see the switch into, like, this is a shitty answer. You may find that if you stop trying to understand the what that comes before the why becomes more vivid and alive. This is, um, yeah, it's it's a very, like, upper middle class, like, neoliberal answer. This person experienced some things. He may not be skilled in expressing what he experienced, but that's okay. Yeah, the issue is that he's inarticulate. That's the issue. <laughs> I, it's do, not that... I do think it's more important to value the person sitting in front of you than to value your position and their position on, like, foreign and domestic policy. I don't agree with that. I feel no, like, I disagree with that. Yeah. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. It, this person was in 9-11 and like, he's wrong. But like, he's not in the cares? band 9-11. What are you talking about? <laughs> First off, who cares? This guy doesn't control foreign policy. But if, if you're the fact that the person in front of you, somehow their life matters more than the lives of the people are indifference is taking day to day all around the world i just can't stand by that and be like oh yeah that no i think sense. i think the question answer hit it on the head or the question asker hit it on the head where he said he's using his experience of of being there for that tower falling to justify the conditions that create that kind of situation yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, there's a half a million dead Iraqis, and this guy is trying to get sympathy points. I don't think this guy's actions have anything really to do with those Iraqis, though. Yes, he did, because those sympathy points are what made people feel so unquestionably, we can't question the war, we have to I think that's losing life. sight of the forest for the trees, or vice versa, whatever the hell that saying is. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just, I feel like that's kind of like... The energy of what got people so hyped up that nobody could question the Iraq war, which led us into, like, a situation. Where did you serve, brother? <laughs> what what hotel lobby did you serve in? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, once again, um, I'm going to 
to say that this is a safe space for Luke to talk about what he wants to. We're Joe Rogan today, yeah, 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 yeah. but also I 100% agree with uh, with Paul that the, these are the these are the talking points that get brought up that aren't just this one guy talking to his friend. This is what the media brought up to justify everything that happened that. after 9/11. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I um, mean, obviously, this one guy has no actual like power over foreign policy. In the also, United by States. the way, this it's, one guy is uh, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> This one guy is screaming in his yard. I do feel bad for him. I feel bad for him, too. Doesn't change the fact that as a rhetorical strategy, it doesn't mean that you can't call him wrong. Fair. All right, and welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the podcast where we only do one article per episode. (laughs) It is an hour 30 in. Um, What is real that something big and traumatic happened, and this person still feels it? It isn't necessary for us to completely understand it or reach a balanced view. It's not our problem. It's what happened to him. You don't need to try to convince him of this either. Just tell him, feel it. He doesn't need to be told he's wrong or right. He just needs to be heard. It's not for us to quantify and rate the authenticity of each other's experiences. None of us had any control over where we were on 9-11. I also feel, perhaps sacrilegiously, that it is a good thing to trample on sacred things every now and then just to stay in practice and that letting others trample on what I consider sacred reminds me that what I consider sacred is just an idea. It reminds me that symbols are not truths. It reminds me that you do not have to understand my thoughts. They are just thoughts. That is a good reminder. Having noble thoughts does not make an individual ignoble. We all have a multitude of voices and attitudes. Some are noble and some are not. I cherish the workshops where we give voice to unapproved emotions without apology. We learn to hear. We learn to sit and hear. We hear others and we hear ourselves. It takes sophistication to feel intensity but remain detached. We sometimes feel intensity of feeling. We sometimes mistake intensity of feelings for their soundness of opinion. They are not the same thing. That's maybe the one good thing he's said this entire time. Yeah, I like (laughs) that. I'll say that one more time with emphasis. It takes sophistication to feel intensely but remain detached we sometimes mistake intensity of feeling for soundness of opinion they are not the same thing look it was a beautifully written answer and there was a lot of truth in it but at the end of the day i just i just want to make it perfectly clear half a million dead iraqis and that's not even counting the situation that created the opportunity for isis to come in and to take over so many places that were once basically modern completely functioning towns and cities like it was a world where people existed very much the same as how you exist they went to work they they shopped they and i feel like people forget that because so much of the conversation in america is like this internalized discussion about like our soldiers who went there and the ptsd they experienced and the three thousand tragic deaths that happened on 9-11 all that stuff is true and it's horrifying and it's sad too I think people really detach from the humanity of Arabs, the vast majority of the people who are the people who suffered because of our choices based on basically this exact argument, on this argument of, you know, I was traumatized, we need to fix it, we need to do something, we need to invade this country, we need to stop it from happening again. And that's the justification that led to half a million dead Iraqis. It's what led to ISIS being able to do what they did in that country and then move into Syria. And I just, I don't think that it's an argument that I really have any patience for just sitting around and being kind to it because when you, when we've seen what it leads to. (laughs) 
Glamo. Luke <laughs> looks really upset at with this direction. I'm sorry. I thought we were gonna have a good time talking about conspiracies, and I forgot. I've how, had a great time so far. I think the episodes are gonna get. I've had a good time. The episode's a banger up top. But uh, Luke, in terms of what sent them there, what are your thoughts on? I think in in that sense, you agree with us, right? Like there was no reason for them to go there. Oh, absolutely. There there are documents that have been released that the CIA like lied us into there. Yes, I, I don't even. It's not so much the CIA but... as like the White House at the time. No, the CIA lied oh, to the well. White House, and the oh. White House was like, "All right, this is what the case is. Let's." Rally you don't the think troops. at the behest of Dick Cheney, you think he was also like? I think lied Dick to. Cheney for sure saw opportunity, <laughs> and boy, oh boy, did he cash in. But that is the opposite of Guatemala, where like Eisenhower was really on the tail end of Operation Success, where. He was kind of there and he was kind of wishy-washy and all this thing had been set in place. And then they were like, Eisenhower, fucking sign the order. Let's fucking coup Guatemala. Let's coup the shit out of Guatemala. And he was like, all right, you you got me, boys. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's ride. I kind of fall to the like just personal belief of that maybe they knew that this attempt was going to happen and they looked the other way and knew it was going to be just great motivation <laughs> and cannon fodder. All right, so let's get to something more fun. Uh, my okay. column about Mormons. <laughs> Callum Mormon. So this <laughs> is Dan Savage. We all we all know him. We all love him. He's a classic. He does the Savage Love column for The Stranger. I was Mormon my entire life. Mormon missionary, married a Mormon girl, both families intensely Mormon. For multiple reasons, I left Mormonism about a year ago. One of the more weighty reasons was because of their stance and views regarding homosexuality and how they treat LGBT people. My wife and I started exploring polyamory three to four years ago. The first year was mostly mental exploration. For us, it came from a place of feeling really confident in our relationship and our ability to love was not a limited resource, even if time was. Then we felt comfortable enough to explore intimate and sexual relationships with others, Polyamory included multiple romantic relationships, not just sex, really seems to resonate with our emotional makeup and has so far been a great enriching aspect to our marriage. To the point, it's become somewhat painful for us to not share that aspect of our lives with our very Mormon families. Our closest friends know my current girlfriend is very polyamorous as well and came to her family and came out to her family. That was a mixed bag. No, she came to her family. (laughs) And she came in front of her family and came out to her family. That was a mixed bag of awesome and bad. Her family is significantly more liberal-minded for the most part. It was really amazing to be able to live out loud. It was really amazing to be able to live out loud, meet her sister and her mother, and be openly polyamorous. It's something I crave. And from what I can tell, my wife craves to be able to be openly polyamorous. And yet all three of us are pretty terrified about how our very Mormon families will react. And we've currently decided to wait to come out until more time has passed. Between my leaving Mormonism, also my wife is currently employed by her non-Mormon conservative stepbrother. And we're concerned about possible financial fallout because of his conservative demeanor and his close proximity to his very Mormon mother. I realize we could be trumping up these fears, but again, they could be very real. I go to see a therapist on a weekly basis and have been discussing these issues with her. She seems just supportive of me self-determining. And from the videos and articles I read from you, it seems that you have a nuanced... I just want to say real quick, you do not have to tell your parents that you're polyamorous. 
They don't need to know that. I guarantee they don't want to know this. Oh, okay. But you have to tell your parents you're a furry, Luke. Oh, that's different. That's fair. That's a fair critique of me. Every time you send in the family group chat, Lola Bunning ain't got them boobs anymore. <laughs> they had to hear it. <laughs> and from the videos and articles I've read from you, it seems that you have a nuanced feeling about when is the appropriate time to come out. And I apologize for any offensive language I've used in describing these things. I feel like I'm waking up from a lot of years of being asleep as a practicing Mormon, and there are a lot of mind fucks I'm experiencing. Hence the struggle with when is the right time to make our families aware of how okay we are with polyamory. We want to be genuinely poly, not just using it as an excuse to explore our sexuality, because multiple committed loving relationships really seems to work for us. Thank God we are getting to towards the end of this. <laughs> I suppose in some ways... out of breath. I know. I suppose in some ways it's very ironic that a former Mormon is fretting about when and how to tell his Mormon family, given their strong past with polygamy. But of course, polyamory and Mormon polygamy are two completely different beasts. Yeah, they have, they're different words. Come on, guys. That was, that was a little Paul uh, editorializing. One was patriarchal and domineering, while the other is about honesty, facing fears, and sharing love. And of course, Mormons from my experience, have no problem with huge amounts of cognitive dissonance and hypocrisy. Thanks for being a loud advocate and setting a good example for those of us trying to figure out how to share our love. I have mixed feelings about this. Really? I was basically on your side. I don't I don't know why you need to tell your parents. You, you don't need to tell them. But then, like, I just feel... What's the word? I can't think of the word for it. But I feel like, I feel like a dick being like, Oh, that's who you are. So you, so you think they should tell their parents? No, definitely. I mean, I don't unless it causes you a great deal of pain for your parents to not know that that's your your vibe. Maybe tell them, but like, can I ask you a question? Yes. I kind of hinted at it earlier, but was it awkward when you had to come out to your parents as a furry? Like, what was that like? I mean, do you have any advice to offer these well, people based on that experience? They'd been seeing the tale for years. <laughs> Just falling out of my sweatpants, etc. You know. What's your fursona? Fursona? I've never heard that word You're before. You're definitely a golden Wait, lab. have you really not? No, I haven't. I... How is it that we're not furries, but we've heard that before? Fursona. That's a portmanteau. Portmanteaus are one of my favorite things. It's a clumsy portmanteau for I sure. I love Comedy Bang Bang, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clumsy portmanteau, <laughs> and you're a sniveling worm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you're definitely golden lab. So. Uh, I was a I was a golden retriever my freshman year of college, but now I'm. Oh, you do you do fit that description quite well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Have know. you told your? Okay, so you're not actually a furry, but have you told your parents that you're like, for example, like have you ever lived with a girl that you were dating? Uh, I mean, no. Would you tell your parents if you did decide to move in, like, to the same apartment with a girl, or would that be off yes, bounds? Yes, I would do that. You would? Yeah, okay. there have been, like, pretty early separations. When I was young, as soon as I was able to get a job, I got two jobs and told them to schedule me on Sundays, and that's how I got out of church. Oh. My okay. parents were like, we're, we're not gonna let you... So you didn't work at Chick-fil-A? I did not work at Chick-fil-A. Was there any... Was there any awkward conversations that you've had to have with your parents? I guess, so, uh, with my, girls, it's not that big a deal. With not going to church, it's not that big really, a deal. I don't really talk to my parents about much detailed real-life stuff, other than, like, career. But, like, I, I my, like, college essays, I talked about it, because what the hell else am I going to talk about? And I wouldn't let them... That's true. Diversity is lacking. Eh, on, on, on Lucas's come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Uh, 
it, it it sucks. Like that is something I always had to like kind of deal with and think about. And I wouldn't let them read my like personal statements. And one time they dug into my computer against my will and read it. And I hated that because I literally said like, I can't accept my parents' religion. I've never really been into this. I'm terrified of the concept of eternity. And that we never talked about it still to this day. Sick. <laughs> How do you know they read it? Did they say like, "Hey, read, uh, uh, hey, Luke, we read the thing"? Yes, they oh, told me. Damn. Yeah. This got this got kind of deep and sad. No, no. Wait, it's good. We have a great relationship, but we just don't talk about really. Some and they're and they're still deeply religious, or yeah. Every year they get more and more, one, more and one more year closer to the void. You gotta put your trust into the power that may lay beyond it. You know. I don't know what that means. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we've had this conversation on the pod before, and Adrian would just dump his parents and never talk to them again if they were like your parents. Whereas I'm a family first. Oh, they person. were Mormon. Yeah, no, I would absolutely do that. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I honestly think the world is quite big. Find a new family. It's it's not that hard. Oh, <laughs> huh. damn. I'm on your side. I'm yeah. family first. It doesn't matter if you disagree. <laughs> it's because we're Catholic. He's probably were you raised Catholic too? His parents I was not religious. No. Hmm. Maybe that makes it easier for me. That's why Paul's so salty. It, I am very salty. Damn. Okay, how about in the church then? Like, did you hear any, like, extended stories of, like, drama happening where somebody's kid was gay or somebody's kid, fam? Not really. We had a kid that was, like, doing satanic rituals with his friends he was just a real dirtbag kid and he got kicked out of the house but that was the only thing i really remember that's kind of tight uh there was one kid that i grew up with that came out but i think he still lives with his parents they're just like they, they were chill about it yeah shout out to your there's one kid i knew there was one kid i knew who was mormon who came out uh brendan flowers he's the lead singer of the killers he's doing pretty good for himself right now what that doesn't invite me to a lot of I didn't of shows. know he was Mormon back in the day. That's cool. Yeah, no, he he yeah, he came from a Mormon family. I nice. think Kurt's Met, Kurt Metzger was Mormon too. No, he's Jehovah's Witness. Jeho oh, okay. I love Kurt Metzger. Also a good comic. Luke's he's recommendation Tom Cruise? <laughs> Tom Cruise? No, you're thinking Scientology. We, we got the three silly right. ones. Back. <laughs> They're all wacky. <laughs> we're back to the wizard religions. I feel like Luke's getting tired. He's yes. like really thinking into his chair. All right, let's do this uh, answer and let's get out of here. Yeah, let's do this answer and let Luke get a little nappy nap time. People come to me with all sorts. Oh my God, this answer is so fucking long. Okay. Can I real quickly say, if I were into poly polyamory, which I'm not, I don't think I have the emotional bandwidth for that kind of thing, I would never tell my parents, ever. That is all. I'm not really yeah. very religious and my like strategies, why would, I, why would I make my mom sad? There's no reason to mention it. Yeah. People come to me with all sorts of problems that can't be fixed. My girlfriend broke up with me because I lied. I cheated. I spent all day sitting on the couch playing video games. I refused to help with the housework or get a job or help pay rent or food or utilities. How do I get her to take me back, Dan? Or he's Paul, do you hate that he re referenced your question that he you sent to him? Hush. Or he said he'd leave his wife for me, but it's been eight years and he and his wife just had another kid and no longer returns my calls and I'm beginning to think he's never going to leave her. If I can get him on the phone. Oh, does it hurt that he sent in your second question as the example for that one? Hush. If I can get him on the phone, what can I say to finally get him to leave his wife? Or, you are not allowed to not like beards, Dan. Letter writers often don't know what they want or know on some level that what they want is impossible. 
and too many have made a series of terrible choices that they want me to retro retroactively justify and somehow make it all better with advice magic. But in your case, Elder, I'm struck by how self-aware and self-possessed you are. You know what you want, you're making it happen, and you're benefiting from all the values I'm always pimping in this column. Yes, right-wing fuckwits, I do in fact have values. Communication, leaving people in better shape than you found them, and of course, GGGing your way to a satisfying, rewarding, awesomeish sex life. My first suggestion for you all, Elder, is to have patience, as you said, you're waking up from a lot of years of being asleep as a practicing Mormon, and there are a lot of mind fucks you're experiencing. You only left the church 12 measly months ago. You're growing into a new identity after letting go of an identity assigned to you by a dead huckster and an accident of birth, but that shit takes time. I'm offended by that. I kind of am too. There's yeah, no we, reason for Can we for click on the link for that? Can we click on the link for Dead Huckster? Yeah, let me know. Oh, yeah. It links to the South Park episode. Oh, really? Wow. That's the length of Dan Savage's research. That actually is... kind of makes him seem like a moron to me. Oh, yeah. That whole <laughs> no, 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 no. Paul, Paul, Paul. That's that's tight. That's super <laughs> tight. <laughs> Dude, if Matt and Trey said it, it's true. I did see that musical in England, and it's basically 100% accurate. The only... No, 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 no. The South Park episode. No, I know, but Matt and Trey made the Book of Mormon musical, and it's... Why did they choose to target Mormonism specifically? One of them was raised Mormon. Oh. I think I think Matt Stone was raised Mormon. Trey Parker was just from Littleton. They went Because one of them is Jewish, right? Yeah. I don't know which one. Dude, that's a power couple, a little Mormon Jewish couple. Oh yeah. Whereas we just have me and Paul, which is like a fucking what, Guatemalan, Lebanese, Roman Sounds like a great fusion restaurant. Take it slow. Keep thinking and processing. Don't assume you've already discovered the brand of Polly that works for you and continue to appreciate and laugh about the irony of being a straight guy who has to worry about how his Mormon family will react to the whole I have two female partners thing. Wait, it's a guy who has two female partners? Well, he's Polly, so he has his wife and whoever he's dating at the time and his wife also has I'm not gonna lie, I think think most Mormon dads would go, nice. Nice. And long before coming out to your family's elder, you'll want to ensure that all of you are on the same page. You say that, and from what I can tell, your wife craves to be openly poly with her family. But you'll want to be 100%. She said it with her own words right in front of your face lots of times, and not just because it was her husband wanted to hear sure that's the case before blurting anything out to any family. That was utter nonsense. Yeah, that was very weird. It's a lot of hyphens. When you, do, when you do decide to come out together, an e-blaster Facebook status update, I, I not the right move. It's not the right move? I'm just going to go with I. Sorry, I'm not editing that to make sense, Dan. Tell people individually face-to-face because it's much harder to reject a loved one when they're sitting in front of you and patiently answering your questions. Adrian, can we talk about how often we find spelling and grammatical errors in these columns and have to edit them ourselves on the fly like it's not an uncommon occurrence do these people not have editors hire me dan what is going on i'm saying meanwhile me and you have Uh, never made any factual errors on this podcast factual grammatical synactical 9-11 yeah made no errors anyway he says some more things i don't really care to read them 
He says some more Mickey Mouse ass bullshit. Some Mickey Mouse <laughs> ass bullshit. <laughs> but Lucas, Lucas, can you say your piece? Just like after this episode, no big facts, no cap. What do you want to? What do you want to tell the people about yourself? Question everything. Don't trust the government, except sometimes. <laughs> and look for your own values in the world. I I actually agree with that. Yeah, I'm 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 not obviously the biggest fan of religion, but I do like arguing with people who say that there's absolutely nothing to be gained from it. So How many people are you running into that are that have a very specific case of uh, there's nothing to be gained from religion? A lot of people. Really? Yeah. Damn. I live in liberal Boulder or whatever and like oh you live in boulder that hippie ass yuppie ass town it is yuppie as hell and i don't it's a yuppie ass i live in a nice like uh not one of the cush suburbs north of denver but uh i have a friend he's a professor at cu boulder he's a he's a cool dude but uh yeah just like i don't i I could see myself like living there but like god damn like going down to like the farmer's market it's like you're gonna see this yeah i don't really go to boulder much but i have gone to the boulder whole foods cora's banquet no, no. Oh, I, I've gone to the Boulder Whole Foods wearing a BYU beanie because my dad went to college there, mm. and I get straight looks in the Whole Foods. They're like, "What?" Uh, and I don't like that, even though I'm not really a fan of that. It's just kind of like a little cultural identity type. And of for thing. our fans, BY means oh, BYU is Brigham Young University. That's the Mormon college. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, they prefer to be called LDS now. I will always call them Mormon. That is. Don't the Latter Day Saints already the M know word? That? Oh wait, no, that's the same Latter Day Saints. <laughs> I totally forgot y'all yeah. were the Latter Day Saints. Yeah, you guys really use that on your uh, commercials. Yeah, why do Mormons have commercials? Because they're not doing so hot. <laughs> no, we're doing so well that we can buy ad time. <laughs> And other other Ooh, other religions true. are way behind the eight ball. They're not. Wait, they're not advertising on TV. Our Super Bowl, the Doritos 3D one. That was it. Had hella mm. Mormon undertones. You just missed them, I guess. All right, all right, my man. All right, Adrian. Big fact, no caps. All right, my big fact is personally, you know, I'm not a religious dude. But if you want to be religious, it kind of seems like Mormonism. Mormonism is the way to go. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Agreed. I think fresh. South Park had a point, and big fact, South Park had it a point. It makes your family better, yeah. Yeah, it's a very pleasant family of very pleasant people, and I will say that I would rather spend a day with a random Mormon than I would with a random atheist. Also, I'll say, and they, they help you kind of cut out things that maybe you don't view as problems. If you're an anxious person, or you ever have days where you just think everyone hates you, and you drink coffee regularly. That's every day for me. Yeah. That's every day. Cut the caffeine out of your life, and I guarantee you will have those feelings less frequently. Oh, my friend. <laughs> I've cut ca- I've cut I've cut caffeine out of my life. Yeah, but everything Adrian, else is still there. I was gonna say, there's I've never even heard of you taking a month long break from alcohol, so that also. <laughs> what, is that against Mormon religion? <laughs> <laughs> I I if you do feel like everyone hates you, stop drinking for a week and a half and I think it'll improve. That's what I All right, we're going to have I Luke do. back on to talk about no fap. Hashtag no fap. Can the icon for this episode just be a photo of my face with hashtag no fap over the face? Yes. Please. Even though we've never done an icon for an episode before. Um, Big facts no fap. <laughs> there we go. There's our walk off. Uh Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure. 
It really uh, has. It's been fun. Uh, I'm sorry we I, went I on don't a know. weirdly long uh, Iraq war rant. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know anything about you, but you seem like a chill dude. It's been good uh, to you. You seem great. Uh, Hitler would love you. You're a beautiful young specimen. Thank you very much, I guess. Oh, you should have seen him when he had the long blonde locks. All right. Bye, buddy. Salute. Salute. Good night.